All right, back in on Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Fun to talk real baseball now. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the newest Cardinal, Drew Verhagen. By the way, the first the first signing post-lockout in Major League Baseball was the new Cardinals right-hander. So according to, I think it was Mark Feinsand from MLB.com, it was a two-year deal worth $5.5 million guaranteed. I believe it was three this two this year, three and a half next year. There's some incentive clauses built in there. But one thing, when, when you're looking at, a two-year, $5.5 million deal, that's not the kind of contract you give out when you're thinking someone's going to be at Memphis. That's the kind of deal you give someone when you're thinking they're going to be a part of your major league roster. Now, the nice thing about Verhagen is that he can do uh, a little bit of everything. He can start, you know, he, he's he, he's a guy that, you know, mostly was working, worked as a reliever in Japan, but threw a lot of innings. Like, he wasn't a, a 50-60 inning guy when he was pitching for uh, the Nippon Ham Fighters, I mean, he was you know three. Look, I mean, when you when you look at the games, it was you know three, four, five innings an outing, and you know I, I think that he's the kind of guy that can start. But it, certainly, the Cardinals wouldn't want him to start right now. Nothing against him, just they have five guys that they like, and if he's starting early in the year, it means one of those five guys is hurt, because we know that Wainwright and Flaherty and Hudson and Michaelis. And uh, Stephen Matz, like barring injury, those are your five starters. But but Verigan's an interesting guy. I, I I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and pass along like a glowing report or anything like that. I've seen him pitch a few, quite a few times actually, from his time when he was with Detroit. Um, it not was not at there at that time viewed as a top prospect, but he's always been an intriguing guy because he's six six. He's 230 pounds. He's got a little velo. Um, I found some good information on him on Fangraphs.com this afternoon. Uh, fastball is av- was averaging 94 in Japan. It get it gets up to the upper 90s at times. Uh, he's got a good slider, curveball that's mixed in there, changeup that he doesn't use very much, but a decent strike thrower, which is obviously something that the Cardinals are are prioritizing after last year's troubles. And didn't give up a lot of home runs in Japan either. Only uh, 14 home runs allowed in two seasons, and that was just about 200 innings of work. So I, I think there's a comp here. It's not exact. I don't want to. I don't want to make it out like this is the like these two guys are the same dude. But I think there's some similarities with this signing and and the signing of Miles Michaelis. Similar age, right? Miles is 33 now, so when they brought him in, I think he was 30, um, and and Verhagen's 31. Both of them spent a couple years overseas, kind of uh, refining their their approach to pitching, for refining their strike throwing. Um, you know, Michaelis, when he was with the Texas Rangers, was really a big effort guy, right? He was a you know throw the ball hard, didn't show as much command, and when he went overseas, he started pitching a little bit more. Uh, and and as and became the guy that we've seen since he's been here and when he's been healthy with the Cardinals, he's been pretty good. I mean, in his Cardinals career, he's made 73 starts. He's got a 3.54 ERA, and you know he's been pretty good when it comes to logging some innings. And you know, in his time before that, especially when he was with Texas, even with San Diego, you know, he was definitely more of a thrower than a pitcher. But again, he, he went to work on things. He he pitched for the Yamiuri Giants. And of course, Verhagen pitched for the uh, the Nippon Ham Fighters, and I, I, I'm not I, I don't again I'm not trying to say that they're going to be the same guy or that you're going to have the same level of success with Verhagen that you had with Michaelis, but there's some similarity there. Similar aged guys coming back from good experience overseas, 
And, you know, pretty good stuff. I mean, if you look at Verhagen, you know, mid-90s on the fastball, uh, it's 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 viewed based on what the fan graphs guys have said and uh, based on what I remember from watching him when he was at Detroit. Um, it's it's a bit more of a sinker than it is kind of the, the high spin rate four-seam fastball. But, but the fan graphs guys mentioned that he did have some success elevating the fastball in Japan too. So it's it, to me, it's a low-risk play that gives you some depth. I mean, look, that's what this team needs based on what we saw last year, right? And the pitching depth failed them last year. So if you're looking at what you need coming into this year, especially, guys, short spring training, you're going to be limited to 13 pitchers. Now, early in the year, they might negotiate to have a couple of extra guys on the roster. It might go up to 28 from 26 for a month or something like that because you only have really, you know, look, look, we're we're at March 11th right now. So, you know, opening days, four weeks away, you're not going to have anywhere close to a normal full spring training. So you're going to need more of these arms and this gives you some flexibility. So if you want him to be your long reliever, for example, spot starter, long reliever at the major league level, that means that Jake Woodford can start at Memphis and be ready to jump in if a rotation spot opens up. You don't have to have Jake Woodford at the major league level because you have to have somebody that can work in long relief. Now, he might earn that, and that's fine. I mean, you, you know, having more guys is going to be a good thing because we still don't know yet exactly how it's going to go for Jordan Hicks, right? You know, Ryan Helsley's coming off an injury. Alex Reyes had trouble at the end of last year. We don't know exactly how it's going to go in the spring. And the Cardinals do have a lot of really high-end potential. They've got a lot of really talented dudes. But some guys still have to figure some things out and improve their health and, and things along those lines. And what we talked about before, I know what I talked about before anyway, when I was talking about the Cardinals adding to the pitching staff, and we're going to talk more about um, what they still might need to add for the pitching staff moving forward. We'll do that a little later on in the hour. But I think that this player in particular, or this kind of player, not not Verhagen directly, but a player like him, somebody that is going to get a major league contract, somebody that can start for you, but also has the ability to relieve, somebody that you know you're not committing a big role to. Is it's hard to sell that to a bigger name free agent, right? I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna go out and sell that to Clayton Kershaw. You're not gonna go out and sell that to Carlos Rodon. I mean, you're gonna have to co- go get those guys and give them guaranteed money and a guaranteed spot in the rotation. And you already have five starters in the rotation. So this is a really good depth move. Doesn't necessarily have to block anybody. He's a veteran. And again, has made some progress in his career over the last couple of years pitching in Japan. So this is not the guy, by the way, that you're going to be like, oh man, he saved our season. That's not that's not what it is. But it's a very it's a very good play when you're looking at depth, and depth is the key issue with this particular move, and with a lot of what we're doing as we approach the 2022 season, because the pitching depth was the problem last year. The depth is what failed you. You know, Miles having the setback in the spring and not being a part of the rotation, and obviously knowing already at that time that Hudson wouldn't be ready until September, and then Flaherty getting hurt. Like, you had a lot of problems, and the guys that were called upon, for the most part, did a poor job. Oviedo didn't throw enough strikes. Got great stuff, great potential, didn't throw enough strikes. 
Daniel Ponce de Leon didn't throw enough strikes. John Gant didn't throw enough strikes. You had a lot of people that were asked to do things last year that they weren't able to do. And the depth was tested and it failed. So you got to build new depth. You know, a lot of those guys that were here that I just named, they're not here anymore. You had to replace those guys and ideally replace them with somebody that can be a little bit more reliable. We'll see if if Verhagen is that. But this is not a big enough contract where if it blows up and doesn't work, you're you're out any significant money. I mean, if you know, look, five and a half million over two years is not difference making money for a major league franchise, especially not one that's as strong financially as the Cardinals tend to be. But it's a sensible move. It makes sense. But I don't think it's going to be the last move that you see for this team's pitching staff. This is your guy. This is your versatile guy. This is your swing man, your long reliever, the guy that gives you the depth that you were that you didn't have last year. You still have Matthew Libertor waiting in the wings. You'll still have Oviedo at AAA working on throwing strikes and trying to take the next step in his development. You're still going to have Jake Woodford either in the majors or at AAA. And we th- I like I loved what I saw from Woodford at the end of last year. We saw some really good performances from him, and I think that you know he, he, he doesn't get rated as a high end prospect, but the dude was a first round draft pick. Like this is not some nobody out of nowhere. It's a good prospect. But you have to, you know, to to get something a little bit more certain than just somebody that you would pick up on a minor league deal. You had to, you know, probably have to commit a, a roster spot early in the year, and then see what happens with the other guys later. But you had to rebuild the depth, so that's a good depth move, is what it is. If you're looking at this and saying, is it an impact move? Well, no, it's not supposed to be an impact move. It's a depth move. Now they do need, I think more of an impact move to go into the back end of the bullpen. Again, you know, Helsley coming off of injury and Hicks has been hurt for the last couple of years. And, you know, what's what's he look like in spring? Does he get out of spring healthy? You got your fair share of questions. And another guy that's a veteran who can pitch late in games would be a really nice ad. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on when we come back. I want you to hear a bit of what the big three had to say today. That'd be the chairman of the team, Bill DeWitt Jr., the president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, and your new manager, Ali Marmol. We'll hear a little bit from those guys next up on KMOX.